Welcome to Crossway Church Sermons Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.crosswayaz.com. Subscribe to our weekly podcast in iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and the podcast app. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossway Church AZ and share this podcast link with a friend. If you live in the Phoenix area, come visit us at 3464 West Earl Drive, Phoenix, Arizona, 85017, located in Suite E. Service times are at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and prayer services at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Now, let's dive right in. Hey everyone, how you doing? Uh, just totally blessed this, this evening and excited for what uh, God is going to be showing us. Um, tonight we are getting into the vision of John. Um, we're, it's, it's a complete shift. I mean, uh, Revelation chapter 4 marks like the, a, a complete shift from the previous three chapters. So as we get ready to move forward and, and, and begin um, going into the prophetic process, uh, the prophecies uh i'm gonna welcome with me as always um our our youth pastor uh michael so uh we're we're here to get ready to get into the word we're here to get excited about what god's doing uh continuously i love that as we continue into this we're going to start seeing more and more um like connections to today like we're gonna we're gonna see how the prophetic word that God is calling for in in, in revelations is going to start you're going to see well wow that's kind of happening now so i love that that we're going to be getting right into that so let me just get my computer ready cuz i know this is going to be a lot so actually what i want to do uh michael if you can go ahead and open us up in prayer before we get started okay father we just thank you for this time to have a to be in a Bible study, Lord, we thank you that you that you're bringing everybody onto the live stream now to be able to just sit and just read into your word. We pray that you would anoint and that you would open up the heavenlies over our minds and that you would make us susceptible to your revelation. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fall upon every heart and every mind and that you would teach us as we dive into your word. And we pray over the airways of the live stream that it would be anointed and replaced the name Jehovah Nisi, our banner. Lord, you are our banner and we place you before the live stream. And we say that no enemy would come and interfere with the broadwaves. And Father, we thank you that you are the one who teaches in this live stream and not us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um if you hadn't had a chance, if you can do me do us a favor, hit the like button, hit the little heart, do whatever you can, uh, share this uh, as much as possible. It, it's it's completely free for us to do that. So if you can do us, just do us a favor. Uh, the more you share it, the more your friends will see it, and the more we'll get into it and and be able to sh uh, to, to other, other people will be able to see this word of God. So we're gonna go ahead and jump right in. Uh, I'm gonna bring out the Bible. Then suddenly after I wrote down these messages, which he's talking about the letters, 
I saw a heavenly portal open before me. Another version says a, a, a doorway before me. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning broke the silence and said, ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. What's, what's really cool about what he's, what he's saying in this, this little section where it says um, the trumpet voice, it, it's, it's like a symbol. It's like uh, reminiscent to the rapture. When, when God calls his church home, there's going to be a sound of a trumpet. There's, the, the, there's going to be a heavenly trumpeted sound that's calling people up into heaven. Uh, I believe it's uh, 1 Corinthians. I wrote it down here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. But now Christ has risen from the dead and, be, and has become the uh, first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death... By uh by men also the resurrection from the dead. So that's what he's talking about. This is this is like a symbolic uh, reference as to that um, ascend into this realm uh, as we uh, go forward. Uh, verse two. Instantly I was taken to the spirit realm, and behold, I saw a heavenly throne set in place, and someone seated upon it. Uh, another version says. Instead of saying instantly, it's immediately. So what, what John becoming immediately or turning immediately or instantly into the spirit room is reminiscent of how quickly Jesus is going to come. People think, well, I'm going to get enough time. People think that that it's going to happen to the point where, um, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be able to... Um, uh, I'm gonna have time to, to, to change my life. I'm gonna have time to fix this. I'm gonna have time to do all this and that. And it's not true. God's word even says, I'm gonna come like a thief in the night. Now you're not even gonna know it's gonna happen. You're not even gonna know it's gonna go around you. I mean, a, a lot of people are living their lives like they have all the time in the world, not knowing that God's God's coming so fast you don't even know it. You don't even understand it. It's, it's gonna be, like, like I said, like I said, it's instantly. Uh, Michael, you have anything on that? Right. Um, just touching on a couple of things. In verse 1, it says, uh, out of the passion, then suddenly after I wrote down these messages, I saw a heavenly portal open before me in the same trumpet voice. So this is speaking of Jesus' voice. And remember that Jesus is not quite, but he sounds like a trumpet. Now, mm-hmm. uh, a trumpet was blown out of a ram's horn, and, that, and I want to say it's ear piercing, but you know you can hear it very loudly. You know, mm-hmm. if you live near a high school like I do, you know, when the when the when the marching band is practicing, I can hear the trumpets. I can hear them playing, even though they're, you know, a thousand, two thousand feet, however far they are. I can hear the trumpets blaring from a distance. So understand that when Jesus is speaking, he's, he has the trumpet voice. So understand that he is loud, meaning that he, he speaks with authority. He speaks with power. Um, another thing is ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. Um, one thing here that out of, you know, we were just reading that Jesus was speaking um, before was give this to, to the church. Jesus, before uh, we get into this part, he's saying, give this. He was saying, give this, give this. But now he's saying, I want to show you this. I want to give you revelation. He is now revealing something. Uh, and another thing it says that after this, so after John wrote down everything and understand John at, at, before this moment or up until this point, 
he was in physical, you know, writing everything down as Jesus was speak, telling him what to write in these letters. He was on the earth. It, it says right here, as you read it, I saw a heavenly portal open before me and the same trumpet voice uh, broke the silence that ascend into this realm. I want to show what's happened after the sound is in that as you read in verse two, it says John was instantly taken into the spirit realm. There wasn't a delay. He was instantly taken into the spirit realm. This also uh, supports what the Bible says about from uh, what the Apostle Paul was writing when he says that, you know, man is to live once and to die once. You know, what that means is that the moment that you die, that you're instantly translated into, in, you know, up into, into the third heaven. Uh, it's an instant transition. You know, there isn't a delay from this moment. So John was instantly translated or he was instantly taken into the spirit realm. There wasn't a delay. So that's very important to understand is that the, is that, and John the apostle didn't die here, but understand is that it is an instantaneous thing that it, it, it just flew. He flew right in, into the spirit realm, right into eternity, into, into heaven's throne room. It was an instantaneous thing. That's very important. It says, I saw a heavenly throw throne uh, set in place and someone was sitting upon it. Now thrones and understand that, that we're talking about the heavenly throne, thrones in the earth. You know, as we see it, there's seats of authority, there's seats of power, there's seats of grace, and there's seats of judgment. When you see a throne, especially, you know, uh, during the times of kings, you know, when we say the word throne, we all think of a king. You know, who seats upon who is seated upon thrones? Kings. Now we're talking. Now that's how we understand it. Now what happens is that king is that king. He has uh, he has legislation. You know, he has authority. He speaks. You know, he decrees things from that throne. So this is saying that John says, behold, I saw a heavenly throne set in place and someone seated upon it. Now, this heavenly throne is far above every uh, earthly throne. That's something that we must understand is that is that God's throne is above every earth, every earthen throne and that there is no throne on earth that matches it. This is very important to understand because once we, as we just talked about with thrones, it's very important to understand is that God's authority is far greater than man's authority. God's power uh, is greater than is greater than man's power. God's wisdom is far greater than man's wisdom. In the Bible, it says that God, uh, what man seems as you know wisdom, God deems as foolishness. So the the world's smartest man is seen as a fool before the eyes of God. So understand that. So God's throne is seated far above every other throne. This is also found in Philippians chapter two. Uh, God's throne is, is seated far far above every other throne. This is very important to understand. Then. So when we're talking about, you know, with with the elections, you know, that's going around, you know, you know, it, understand that it's a battle for the throne of America. Now, understand that when we see God's throne above the throne of America, that America's throne has to submit into God's throne and must submit into the throne of God. So this is why we pray. This is why we we go to his throne. And, and the Bible also says in first John that we could go boldly before his throne and we can make and we can plead our our case with him. We can boldly do as such. This is found in first John uh, chapter five. I believe it's found in first John chapter five. But it's in first John, it says that we can approach boldly his throne. And that's very important to understand. Um, and then let's just keep going on now from from this point. OK. Um, real quick, I wanted to go back to the, the instantly thing, um, I, as you were, you were talking and you kept on saying, it reminded me a little bit farther down in, 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 uh, chapter 15 of first Corinthians, it's first uh, 52 in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet shall sound 
and the dead shall rise and be uh, be raised incorruptible, and shall be changed. That that's another confirmation of of uh, this word continuing on. So we're gonna go to verse uh, three. Sorry. Uh, well, one second. Sorry. His appearance was sparkling like crystal, and glowing like a carnelian gemstone. Surrounding the throne was a circle of green light, like an emerald window, a rainbow. Encircling the great throne were twenty-four thrones with elders in glistening white garments, seating upon them, each wearing a golden crown of victory. Um, what what I'm I'm getting a lot from this is the throne of God is 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 the dominant feature in this picture. So it's, it's not like it's like a side no, it's not a side thing. It's it's the dominant feature of heaven, and everything is a revolving around it. Um, so the epicenter of everything that is in heaven is the throne of god okay that's that's the that's just the the this like the centerpiece i don't know how, how how else to put it some people for thanksgiving they put a centerpiece uh inside as a decoration and everyone knows or they put the turkey in the center uh or you know whatever the case may be that's what god is god is the center of what is in heaven so when you when you when you think of when you're trying to get this visual of what heaven looks like, this is this is literally starting to get that 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 description down. Is that can you imagine like this the mansions that he's created all encompassing, all encircling around the throne of God. John is uses brilliant gems and jasper stones and, and, and a sardis to describe God. The rainbow around the throne is, is a reminder of God's covenant with mankind, which he promises to never destroy the earth uh, by flood, uh, as stated in Genesis chapter 9. Uh, and, and it says, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I made between me and, uh, and you, every living creature that was with you oh, for uh, for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud and shall be... Uh, before you the sign the covenant between me and earth that's what he's talking about so it is even in the heavenly realms god is keeping his covenant with man uh with with his creation so um that's that's what i'm getting so far of of, of this this visual this this thing i, I mean um, michael what are you what are you grasping from it so far at least yeah, just what you were saying, talking about uh, God's throne being the the center of heaven, which is truth. You know, uh, when we get to heaven, you know, God is worthy of worship. Man is not worthy of worship. Things aren't worthy of worship. Um, so very just, there's a, I just want to, you know, bring everything into, into a line. Um, so I'm going to be out of Matthew 14 real quick. And here we see Jesus walking on water. Um, and he's speaking to Peter and says, uh, out of the passion, then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you come, uh, then have me join you in the water. Come and join me. Jesus replied. So Peter stepped on the water and began to walk toward Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sing, save me, Lord. He cried out. And then he falls. A lot of people use this as, you know, and it's, it is, uh, still a true use of the scripture as you know. Keep your eyes on Jesus and not on the storm around you, and you'll be state and you'll be steady, which is true. Another application of this scripture is actually that you know, of of where is your gaze, where is your attention focused, and where are you worshiping? Because whatever is upon your heart, so whatever you're gazing upon is in, is within your heart. So if you if your eyes are focused upon Jesus, Jesus would be in your heart because your eyes are admiring you, 
Jesus. Now, when your eyes begin to drift from him and begins to admire other things, now you start to worship that which isn't Jesus, and that is idolatry. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. when you're looking at something else that isn't Jesus, now you're taking your eyes. So this is why the throne is it's it's profound it meaning that it is it is uh there there's so much to it that 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 uh as john was writing he didn't even get the full description you got to understand that john didn't get the full description of the heavenly throne because of how of how detailed it actually will must be that he says it is like this it is like that meaning that there is no words to describe the throne there is no words that he can that there's no way he could have comprehended what he saw he did his very best to comprehend, you know, that's just about all that we can do, you know, when when we gaze upon upon who God is and in his and everything that he is in his glory, in his love, in his total being. You know, it, it, it's a lot. It's a mouthful, you know, and we'll be spending an eternity doing this. You know, uh, we'll get in this in a minute, you know, but it, this is what we'll be doing for eternity is that we'll be gazing upon. We'll be worshiping. We'll be adoring him for eternity. So it is very crazy to think about. Don't even, you know, I, I'm trying to do it right now. Don't try to think about eternity because we'll never grasp eternity. You, you will never grasp eternity. Yeah. Uh, but talking about what we're talking about, focus. Now we're talking about focus. So um, th this part right here is to, br is, to is to bring the focus upon Jesus, is to bring the focus upon the throne. You know, the, the reason that's so important is because from the throne, it, everything flows from it. There is a river that flows from the <clears throat> throne. Light flows from the throne. There's thunders from the throne. You know, th there's so much that comes from the throne, and we and this and this is putting all the attention up upon who is who who is seated upon the throne, and he is worthy of all the adoration of all the of all the praise and all the worship. So that's very you know we we just have to remember this you know that th that as we're reading as that we're gazing upon the throne. And real quick, I just want to read this over you um, out of Ephesians chapter 1, just because as we're getting into, into more symbol symbolism in the Bible, you know, that, that it's going to be very, even for myself, you know, it's just a lot to comprehend. So out of Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 17 through 18, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in this is holy one father we thank you that your word says that you <coughs> illuminate the eyes of our imagination so father we pray now that you would illuminate our eyes that we'd be able to just get a glimpse that we'd be able to to behold your your heavenly throne in jesus name we pray amen so now as we're reading keep bringing your thoughts and in second corinthians says this is to bring every thought that rises in uh that rises in uh, contentment with Christ to bring it into captivity like a like a prisoner of war. So right now, anything that comes against the throne, bring it into captivity like a prisoner of war and send it back to the pits to which, and send it back to the pits. So just as we're going through, remember that we're talking about the throne. You know, this is very, very, very um, deep. You know, you're not going to be able to get, you're not, we're all not going to be able to read it, you know, one time through, you know, even reading it, reading this chapter a thousand times over, there'll still be something fresh within it. Yeah. As long as we, as we make ourselves open to the Holy Spirit, to, who inspired the scripture to teach us scripture, you know, 
Holy Spirit inspired the scripture, you know, why would we not ask the author to show us what he what he meant in his writing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, there's been times where I'll read a scripture one way and then read it again while I'm going through another emotional situation and it'll be in it'll appear to me or it, it'll it'll reveal itself to me in another in another fashion. That's what's so powerful about the word of God. So um, we're going to keep going. Uh, chapter four is actually pretty short. We might actually do be, be able to do four and five tonight. So I really want to do that if, if we were able to get through there. So let's go into verse five. And pulsing from the throne were blinding flashes of lightning, crashes of thunder and voices, and burning before the throne are seven blazing torches. Again, another thing, uh, which represent the seven spirits of God. Uh it's going to keep going. Um, and in front of the throne, there was a pavement like a crystal sea of glass around the throne, uh, around the throne. And on each side stood four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. One more. The first living creature resembled a lion. The second, uh, second, an ox. The third, a human, uh, had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. So, um, as we were going through that real quick, uh, the passage of scripture kind of gives us a glimpse into the majesty of heaven, you know, the, the, the sea of glass, you know, the, the, the lightning, like you were speaking, uh, about before and, um, you know, uh, this, but the sea of glass signifies a calmness and, and serenity, um, an agitated, uh, sea rumbles and roars yet this heavenly description brings to mind uh, a sea so still and calm that it's smooth as glass that it's almost like a representation of when god calmed the seas you know when you when you go to the ocean when you go to the the uh, regular uh, you know a giant sea like the i don't know i've never really been to a sea a sea i think there's only one sea in, in california but if you ever go to a, like a body of water very, very, very rarely will you ever see it just still because anything sets it off, you know, and, and it's, it's um, but to see like this, this sea is so still, it looks like a sea of glass. The four living creatures are, are, are angels, specifically seraphim. Um, Isaiah first describes them in Isaiah chapter six. I'll check this out. Uh, Isaiah six, chapter one, it says, in the year of uh, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, uh, with two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. I mean... You're, you're, it, it's, we're slowly building the picture image of what heaven is beginning to look like. Um, and what we're really kind of focusing on the throne a little, a little bit more than anything else. Uh, so right now we see the, the, the sea of glass uh, is before the throne. Um, everything around in heaven is surrounding, have, uh, surrounding the throne. There, there are four uh, angels surrounding the throne. Um, it, it's it's lightning and thunder are, are just coming out as as loud. So I mean the just even the declaration of what what heaven looks like 
like he said, like Michael said earlier, you he's trying to find words to describe it. This is a man who who wasn't a, a poet. This man who's not a writer. This is just basically writing down what he's seen, and he's writing it at the best of his knowledge, especially with the the the, the vernacular and, and the words that he has for that time, to describe what heaven is looking like. So, I mean. It's it's about to get a lot better, especially as we start getting into chapter five. Chapter five really goes into the throne. Uh, Michael, anything on on those two scriptures? Or those few? Uh, yeah. As we were, as we were just saying that you, John is trying to find the words. Uh, you could be the most eloquent person, and you will still never find the words to describe God. You will never find the words to describe God. And when you start to describe him and bring him down to a manageable level, you have created an idol of God. This is a God that we've created. That's idolatry. It's a God that we can manage. I understand mm. that you can never truly describe God. You may be able to point <clears throat> to attributes of him, but you'll never be able to truly describe him. No matter how great your vernacular is, no matter how eloquent you are in speech, uh, the words meaning, you know, how great or your, your vocabulary knowledge is you can have the, the fanciest words, but you will still never be able to fully describe God and everything you, and you've seen. You know, he's saying, you know, John is looking upon the throne. He's like, it, it's like that. It's like this. It's like I'm seeing a rainbow that's 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 uh, surrounding the throne. I'm like, it's like a sea, it's like pavement, but it's like a sea of glass. It's like, you know, uh, like there's Jasper's, you know, shining. It's like this. It's like that. He can't find the words and, and you know, when we get to heaven it's, and we'll be saying, saying it's, it's like that, we'll be trying to, to com not compare, but we're trying to describe it. It would be like, it's like this, but we'll never find the words. And that's what, that's what is what makes God, God. Because if you could describe him, he wouldn't be God. But because we can't describe him, that is alone what makes him God. Because you can describe me. You can describe this chair that I'm sitting on, but you cannot describe who God is or, or, de or describe his throne to the fullness. First Timothy chapter six verse 16 it says he alone is the immortal god living in the unapproachable light so as we just saw uh, as we just read in uh in in revelations 4 revelation 4 is that you know that from his throne proceeds blinding flashes of lightning he dwells in the unapproachable light of divine glory no one has ever seen his fullness. No one has ever seen his fullness. Understand that no one has ever seen his fullness, fullness, nor can they. For all the glory and endless authority of the universe belongs to him forever and ever, forever and ever. That, that's eternity. Understand that, you know, that no man has ever seen the fullness of God. They don't. They don't, we can't comprehend the full authority of God. You know, when you, when, if you're trying to think about God, you're going to get lost and you're going to run and you're going to start, you know, tripping yourself up or you're going to start bringing God to a manageable level, creating an idol. Understand, uh, to make God an idol, making God an idol is simply this it is making God in all of his unexplainable, uh, attributes in his endless, uh, eternity. Um, reign and bring it into manageable terms. You can't manage God because He is. I don't want to. I, I want to say that He is. He is God, me, meaning that that you can't you can't fashion Him. He is the uncreated Creator. He is divine. He, you know we have an origin. Our origin is found in Genesis, 
but he has no origin, making him God, making him eternal. So you cannot fully describe him. You, you know, John here, he's finding the words. He's like, it's like this, it's like that. I, he, he can't really find the words. He, he's stumbling over himself. He's like, how do I describe what I just seen? But then he gets to the four living creatures. But he never uses the word life because because the four living creatures are actual creatures. They are they are not symbolic, but they are living creatures. This is something that he beheld, that he looked upon, and he was able to fully describe it because because on first it's not God. You know, it was it's created. It's a creature. Um, another thing is that is that <laughs> that's it. it he, the the living creatures aren't God. The twenty four elders aren't God. They were created, so he was able to describe them. He didn't have to use symbolism. Uh, the four living creatures full of eyes. Full of eyes. This is so... Mm. When I first read this, I was, I was uh, freaked out a little bit because full of eyes, you know, think of, your, uh, think of us. And this is just not to be blasphemous, but just think, just so you can understand, grab your eyes and place them all over your body. That is what these living creatures look like. They're, they're, it's the lion. It, it, has a, it, resembles, it resembles a lion full of eyes with six wings. An ox. Full of eyes with six wings. The eagle, full of eyes, six wings. The one like a face of man, full of eyes, six wings. How, you know, he described it because they're created. But, you know, it, that's just, that's just in a lot to think about. Now, I do want to talk about the animals here uh, listed because these animals do have symbolism. These animals are symbolic in scripture. A uh, very, very brief uh, description of them. I'm, I'm just going to. Limits it's like four words. Uh, the lion representing spiritual ferocity or spiritual violence. The ox resembling spiritual resilience or spiritual plowing, spiritual tenacity. The eagle resembling spiritual insight or spiritual revelation. And then the man who has, uh, uh, and the third had a fa human face. That would be like us. I don't really know how to describe that one because because it's still a little confusing to me. I don't really know how to describe any living creatures. I just know the animal symbolic meaning behind them. Each of the four living creatures each has six wings. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, which we just read, they are singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who was, and is to come. They sing, Holy, holy, holy. Three times they say holy, uh, pointing to the triune attribute of God in Trinity, Holy is the holy is the Father. Holy is the Son. Holy is the Holy Spirit. His holiness reigns in heaven. It reigns in the earth, and it reigns in the age to come. His holiness never stops reigning. He is holy, and understand that is powerful. His holiness never stops. And and when they're singing holy, they're singing holy unto unto the Godhead, unto God Himself. Now this isn't to say that you know God the Father is greater than God the Holy Spirit. They are all equal. Understand that. Man. Just, just understand that I'm not going to get. I'm not going to go there yet. No, no, no. That's good. Uh, we did get a couple, uh, uh, a question, but I, I think that's something that's a little. It's not off topic, but it's definitely something that's something that we can refer to. Uh, someone was asking, "Is it true that people are saved by faith alone?" Well, um, according to I believe Ephesians, it says um, that uh, it's not. Two. It's yeah. It's chapter. It's Ephesians chapter. Is it two? Right. Two, eight, uh, and nine. Yeah, it says that we are saved by gra uh, grace 
through faith in Christ Jesus and not by our own efforts and works. So we have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and he's, he's our Savior. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just go on, on that. But if you have more questions, but definitely um, hit us up and we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to put our uh, contact information uh, below. Another scripture, go ahead. real quick about that. Also, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Uh, just going to real quick read out. For if you probably declare with their mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe with their heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will experience salvation. Just another just another uh, scripture points to that. There's more, but just to keep it real briefing back onto Re the book of Revelation. Amen. All right. So verse uh, verse 8, each four uh, living creatures had six wings full of eyes around the, under the wings. They worship without ceasing day and night, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the the was, the is, and the coming. Uh, moving forward. Uh, verse 9. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor, thanks to the one who is enthroned, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell face down before the one seated on the throne, and they worshiped the one who lives forever and ever, and, the sur and they surrounded their crowns before the throne, singing, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things by your plan. They were created uh, to exist. So, real, real quick, getting back on uh, onto this. This is the, the last actual last last verse of this chapter. Now, these verses uh, are verses of confirmation. The four living creatures confirm that Christ is to come. He is coming. Uh, you know. Um, there, there, this, this revelation was was written in such a way that it was saying, God is coming. Whether you believe it, whether you understand it, whether you either want to accept it or not, like I, I've said it before, and I said, and I'll say it again. It's not God's God's word says it. I believe it, and that settles it. That's not how it works. It's not as a, God's word says it. I believe it. That settles. It. No, God's word said it. I, uh, I, God's word said it. That settles it, whether I believe it or not. And this is not something that's meant to scare people. This is not meant something to, 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 to well, in, in a sense it is. I mean, it's, it's a sense to, to get the Christian on track again, to, to understand that God is coming back, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, man has put themselves in such a position that we believe that God doesn't exist. Man has put themselves in such a position that they believe that that God is not bringing judgment, that God's not coming back, that God, they're they're living, man's living in such a way that that they can do anything, and it's not true. There's there's literally scripture to back up everything that's happening lately. We've we've talked about it last few Sundays. We've talked about the last few Bible studies online. How how the Word of God says, you know, uh, at in uh, in the the end times. Uh, that they shall they shall declare peace and they shall declare peace and then the end shall come and sure enough I mean in, the, in just 2020 alone how many declarations of peace has been signed in the Middle East with especially with Israel you know uh, there should be rumors of war they have, I mean they've been talking about war for years but yet we've been pulling out of all these different locations um, that the, there should be a great falling away uh, in in the church and and the end times and because of coronavirus some people left church and they've never gone back. A huge amount of church of uh, people have have left churches and they've never gone back. This is just confirmation in God's word that He's coming back soon. I mean, <clears throat> when people say that that this 
scares them, and I understand it. It, it, it can seem it is supposed to bring a godly fear as opposed to a a a, a man kind of fear. See, the difference between a, a, the fear of the world and, and the fear of a, a godly fear is this: um, I have I have three kids. Okay, um, I'm I'm you know, my my parents are still here. When I was a kid, I, I, you kind of uh, you you instill that that godly fear into them, meaning that you know they don't want to upset you, or I don't want to do this because uh, I know my dad will get mad. Everyone's got that feeling. Everyone's got had those situations. Everyone's been through there where they 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 know I was like I I can't do that. I'm gonna get my dad mad. It's the same kind of concept. I can still go to my dad. I can still go see him. I can still, you know, love him and 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 know that he'll be there for me. But I don't want to upset him or hurt him. So that's what godly fear is. And man has gone so far that they have no more godly fear. That that not, that they are willing to do anything under the sun and not realizing that God is coming. Um the 24 elders Confirm that God, the Creator, made humans for His enjoyment and pleasure. That's what the whole purpose of what we were created. We were meant to worship Him. We were meant to give Him praise. We were meant to shout hallelujah. We were meant to to get excited excited for God. I mean, I mean, is is that the same thing you're collecting on this, Michael? Uh, in respects to which part? Uh, and to what? And the last part where where we were meant. To create them, this is just confirmation that God uh, that we were meant to be. We were created uh, as worship, uh, I guess, worshippers for for God. Yeah, I mean, before before you're a pastor, before you're a teacher, an evangelist, prophet, apostle, whatever title you want to stick yourself with, um, you're a worshipper. You know, you are birthed. You are created for intimacy with God. You know, God longs. For you, you know, uh, I believe it's in uh, Jude, maybe, or First Peter in that area, or it, no, no, no. It says in James actually, uh, James chapter three or four, I believe, is in in that in that range. It says, "Don't you know that the that the God who breathed life into you is a jealous lover over your soul, who longs more and more for you? Are we are birthed, we are created for intimacy with God. We are created to have intimacy with Him, you know." before and, and understand this before you can even be a, a teacher you can't you can't be a teacher if you're not if you don't love uh god if you're not intimate with them and don't get weird on me but you know what i'm saying is that if you're not if you don't if you don't have that relationship yeah. with god and you're not you if you don't have that relationship with god you know you you can't do anything really in ministry you, mm -hmm. you'll do it for yourself i mean this is what we call a, a false or a wolf in sheep's skin is that they're doing it for themselves that men will become lovers of money they'll become lovers of themselves that you know they'll start preaching their own gospel for themselves yeah but and remember jesus's ministry was birthed from a 40-day fast it was birthed from 40 days of, of of you know denying his flesh and seeking after god that's what birthed his ministry his ministry wasn't birthed you know, after baptism, he's like, oh, I'm just going to go jump into ministry. You no, know, it was birth. It was birth after seeking God first. So if you're so for ministry, for, you know, for this sake of talking, you know, in terms of what we're birthed for, we're not birthed for ministry, but we're birthed for intimacy with God. Uh, you know, 
and to worship him and worship is intimacy you know it's giving reverence it's you know worshiping who he is in his attributes now earlier you were talking about the fear of god or in in other terms it's called the fear of the lord now the way that i've always it's just really a good way to understand it is that you know think of it like a police officer you know when you i know for me you know when i'm driving on you know down the street i'll be driving one way you know I'll, let's say just an example uh you know 40 you know in a 45 i'll be doing 55 you know 10 over you know so you're speeding in the you know on the street or you're not fully coming to a stop to a stop at a stop sign so you know you're living life you're you're living life a little bit recklessly, but when a police officer comes into you, you 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 start obeying the law. You start driving more careful, not necessarily that you're afraid of the police officer, which, uh, but it's because you're now aware of the police officer's presence. Fear of the Lord is birthed from awareness of His presence. When you're aware of Him being with you, and and we know that one of His attributes is on om, uh, omnipresent, meaning that He's all present. He's everywhere. And he can do this because he's God. Understand that we can't. And not even Satan can do that. Uh, we see in Job that Satan had a went to went to God. He, you know, Satan couldn't be, you know, in heaven and on the earth at the same time. He 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 he's limited to space because he's a creation. God isn't a creation. Remember, he is God. He can, you know, he created the earth. He's not bound by the limitations that that he made to make the earth. He's not bound by it because he's outside of it. If he was bound by it, he wouldn't be God. Just remember that. Um, so he is he is omnipresent, meaning that he's all present. So the fear of the Lord uh, comes from an awareness of him. Now, I do want to talk about uh, the 24 elders. Uh, there's a couple of things just speaking on those, on, on the 24 elders that surround his throne. Uh, there, there's four possibilities of the 24 elders. One is the union. Uh, the, of the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12, 12 apostles of Jesus. Uh, it is a rank of heavenly beings serving as God's cabinet officers, a symbol of the 24 prophetic books of the Old Testament or an actual council of elders who are subordinate to God but ruling with authority and wisdom. Uh, they, are, they, are enthroned with, they are enthroned with and have crowns which is speak of regal authority. Um, so yeah. That's just to understand that. Uh, did you get to the, they started the crown saying, and you are worthy, our yeah. Lord and God, to receive honor. Yeah, we, so we this all, is, all. yeah. Um, so you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power for you create all things, and by your plan, they were created and exist. You are worthy. So this is saying, who is worthy? our Lord and God to receive glory, honor, and power. He is worthy. Man isn't worthy to receive glory, honor, and power for man didn't create all things. For God created all things. And by your plan, they were created and exist. So this, so the elders, you know, when the, when the, when the living creatures, they, they cry out, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, the was, the is, and, and the coming, you know, after that, the 24 elders, they, they throw down their crowns and they, and they praise and they give worship adoration unto God. It says, you are worthy, our, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power for you create all things. And by your plan, they were created and exist. This is the worship of, of heaven. This is what's happening right now. You got to understand that.
this isn't something that's happening in in the future you know in, in some far off distant future this is happening right now this is currently taking place as we just seen uh you know the book of revelation it was written in it and i believe we said it's a uh, 60 ad 64 or 90 ad in that in that range 90 ad so this is a thousand and ten uh years ago something like that thousand nine hundred i don't know i'm not that good at math um but understand that you know is that it took you know from when we're reading it today and when john wrote it it's a long distance john saw this as he wrote it and that's still what's happening today jesus didn't just bring him into a vision but jesus brought him into heaven and showed him what is currently taking place mm -hmm. jesus showed him what's taking place around the throne so you got to understand that this this worship is happening right now they are currently worshiping god saying you are you know uh holy holy is the lord god almighty who was who is and is to come you know you are worthy our lord our god to receive glory honor power and dominion for now and ever for you created all things and all things are created by you for, from your design that's happening right now that's taking place currently so just understand as that 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 there is worship around the throne and there will continue to be worship around the throne for he is worthy yeah um, I, I think that's, a, some, that's definitely been something that people always wonder what's going to happen in heaven. You know, what's, what are we going to be doing in heaven? People are, like, like people are thinking, well, is this going to be one big party? It's going to be one big... Well, in a sense, that, I mean, God said it will be, there will be a celebration that, that, there that he has, his word does declare that there will be a feast, but that's not the whole point. I mean, I'm not going there. That The whole point of why we were even created to begin at all was to determine... Am, am I going to serve something I can't see? That, that's, that's the test. That's the test of what earth is, really, is to see what are you going to do on this life? What are you going to do w with this life? And when you get to heaven, it's... I can't wait. I, to be honest, I, I, when, you, when you look around and see the destruction of what man has done to what God created, when you look at the destruction of what God, uh, man has done to... Uh, allowed the perversion and uh, not just man but uh, the devil has done as much as he can to pervert everything literally everything he that god creates satan perverted and and man took it to you know expounded on it you know look at look at music you 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 can't even listen to a song anymore uh because either one it's offensive to one party or one offensive to the other you know uh what was it Last Christmas, people were were offended by that. So, oh, was that that Christmas song? Uh, oh, what was that? The goofy song, like "Baby, it's cold outside." They were offended by that, but yet, uh, one of the number one songs. I had to look it up because I was, was like wondering what are people talking about. Because I was like, I, I just didn't understand what this reference was, and it was a song by a horrid, horrid writer, um, her uh, Cardi B. She had a number one song. And it is a vile song. Look what they've turned music into. Look what they've done with it. Man is being tested and they're going to be judged for what you've accepted and what you've approved of. What, you're, what we're trying to get into in, in the Bible here is, is trying to at least give you a glimpse of what God is, has ready for you. He says, I go now to prepare a place for you. God is already preparing a place for you. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have said it. Um, so we need to get ready. 
we need to be prepared. We need to get our hearts ready. We need to get our lives ready. You don't understand what is on the way, what is what is coming if you do not if you do not uh, stay focused with God, if you do not stay focused with the Holy Spirit, if you are living your life only going to church when you want to, only going to church when you when you feel like you have to, if you only going to if you're only going to church because you think if I go there, I will get to heaven. Not realizing that you need to, to, to get your life right. You need to get saved. You need to, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior and that there's, there is no other like him. Unless you, do, unless you do that, unless you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and get, you will not experience what we're trying to show you in the book of Revelations. You will not. There are a lot of good people. I said it yesterday. There are a lot of good people in hell. People who've given thousands of dollars to to charities for children people who who give to churches people who there are people who call themselves christians in hell because they didn't dedicate their lives to god and this this scripture this 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 revelations yes it it, it seems scary but in a sense it's supposed to be it's supposed to scare let's say that it's, it's supposed to scare the hell out of you and get jesus in you you know uh, that's the whole point of revelations. I mean, Michael, I mean, when, when, when you think of what the purpose of revelations was designed for, do you think it was just designed just to, to be a book in the Bible? Another thing for man to read? Or do you think that it's like what I'm, what I'm kind of going along with where, 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 what I'm saying is, is it's, it's meant to put the fear of God back in man. Either. Right. Um, yeah. No, it's just, I mean, there's definitely a lot of different functions. If that, that would be a, a probably correct term to use about the book of Revelation. There's, there's a lot of functions of it. One is to give a prophetic uh, declaration of the things to come by Jesus. Another is to is to give us revelation of what's taking place in heaven currently. Another is to it's to give us hope of what of you know of what's to come you know and, and another faucet is you know it's to instill that the fear of the lord into us and another faucet is to give us as the end time church this is our this is our goal this is our this is what we're we're moving into yeah you know this is this is what, what we're walking into uh you know with the coming times you know it's just pointing everything is pointing in many different directions but it's always pointing back to, to God. Understand that it's so he's the only that can do this. You know, God's the only that can do this. That can that can have different a book speak on different topics, yet it always points back to him. And you can say, Oh, the writer did that, you know, uh intentionally. You, you know, understand that the Bible says that all scripture was given by inspiration of God. All scripture. You know, that man doesn't write according to his own will. You know, that the prophets in the old testament they didn't speak on their own. Uh, accord or on their own imagination but they spoke as the holy spirit spoke the holy man of god spake as they were moved by the holy ghost that's found in second peter chapter uh two and this th there's just so much that points in all of the bible really but it all there's it always points back to god because uh, there's a saying uh quote by isaiah salda where he says all of god is in the bible 
or, or let me make sure I'm, I'm quoting that right because I got to explain it. So all of God is in the Bible and all of the Bible is in God. Um, or no, no, all of the Bible is in God, but not all of God is in the Bible, meaning that all of the Bible, the entire Bible is full of God, but the entirety of God is not in the Bible. Now, how does that happen? Because there's so much to write about God in the last, the very last verse of John says, that if we write of everything that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough pages in the world to fill it up. If we were to write about everything that Jesus did, that's just the acts, the actions. Now, remember, Jesus is God in flesh. So that's just part of it. That's just the ashes. Now, if we were to get the entirety of who God is within the Bible, we wouldn't have enough pages to contain it. Just that, that there's just so much in the Bible that you, you will not be able to fully interpret in a lifetime. It's going to take eternity of God revealing himself. This is eternity. This is another um, thing that's going to be happening in eternity is that God is going to reveal another level of himself. He's going to reveal another layer of himself. And we're just going to be astounded. You're going to be, you know, just, you know, dumbfounded. We're going to be, you know, like, uh, you know, just at a loss for words. And then you're just going to throw down your crown. You're just going to sit there and worship him. So it's just very, there's just so much to the Bible. And it always points back to God. It, <laughs> no man can explain the Bible, you know, fully. You really can't. I mean, there's there's so much in there. I mean, it's for someone to say, "Well, I've learned the whole Bible. I've learned everything there is to learn." That's that's not true. That's not physic. That's not physically or spiritually possible. I've I've ever seen. I mean, I've heard people declare that, but it's never been true. Because then you ask them questions. Well, what does this mean? And they can give you one interpretation of it, as opposed to what you know what could have been. I mean, so um, I wanted to jump into chapter five, but I think we're going to go ahead and call it uh, chapter four for the night because I want to bring someone in on this next one. Um, but before I, I don't want to close this yet. I'm just I'm just making that aspect in case you're assuming that we're going on. Um, the book of Revelations. We we chapter four, like I said, we're, we're this is the beginning of the vision. This is this is what was attached to the letter. So the last two chapters that we were reading, the first one was the prologue, basically telling you exactly who John was, um, uh, and and what was going on. The second ch uh, two chapters were each individual letter that was being attached to now what your what was uh, being attached to the letters. This is not a a, a game. Uh, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're, you're experiencing now. But God is trying to call his people to his own. He's trying to call back his people to the church. He's trying to get you back. He's trying to understand, or not trying to understand, he's trying to help you understand, sorry, um, that we are... We're in the last moments, and there's no games left to be played. I want to see heaven. I want you to see heaven. I want us to, to be in glory together. Heaven would not be heaven without my family members. I, um, I'm, I'm imagining what it's like up there to see what, what that, what is that, the reunion is going to be like. I mean, I can imagine seeing my, my brother... Again, I can imagine seeing my grandfather. I can imagine seeing my other grandfather and grandmother. 
uh, up there in glory, and I, I'm looking forward to it because the picture of what is being painted just from these few pages and just from these few scriptures is not even close to the comparison of what it actually is going to be like. I, I, I don't know any other way of saying like, like well, me and Michael can, can explain to you. There is no description. No one who's had a near death experience where they've gone to heaven and seen it and come back and tried to explain it can do it. Yet the, the accounts that we have heard and the accounts that we've seen from people who live in completely different parts of hemispheres of the world who speak completely different languages give the exact same account to what it looks like. And yet it matches the same exact thing that's in the Word of God is nearly impossible. That's, that's impossible to fake. That's impossible to fake. And the same description they have of hell is the same. So, once again, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're experiencing. But God is trying to communicate with you right now. God is trying to establish who he is to you. He's trying to show you, this is what I created for you. This is what's going to happen if you don't get it right. So we're going to get ready to close up for, for this evening, but I, I don't want to, to do it without at least saying a prayer over you guys and, and asking that, that the Holy Spirit make himself real to you. So I'm going to go ahead and begin it, and I'm going to let Michael go ahead and, and finish it. And I, I hope, I hope that it's, the words that were shared tonight aren't just skipped over you. That that you heard them one ear and they're out the other. I'm praying that God, yes, instills a holy fear to know that we are so short on time. That he's coming soon. And that he loves you. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. Doesn't come off how far you think you are. God is still reaching the lost, but you're running out of time. Michael, is there any last thing you want to share before we, we get into prayer? Yeah, I'm just um, looking through scripture real quick. I understand that, you know, we all agree that hell is the total absence from God. Uh, and we understand that God is love. God is peace. You know, uh, he's all things good. You know, the Bible says it's not, there's not a hint of shadow within him. So all things good are, are God. Hell is the absence from God. It's separation from God. So within hell, there is no peace. There is no love. Uh, it's everything that that is opposite. It's flipped. Remember, uh, Satan doesn't create anything. He only can pervert what God has created. Um, and that heaven is the fullness of God. You know, it's God in his fullness. 
remember understand that in this earth there is a blanket of sin around the earth because of what happened in genesis chapter one with the fall of adam so there's a blanket of sin that encompasses us there's actual darkness the sun it, it doesn't pierce through because of the blanket of darkness of sin that surrounds us um so understand that god's fullness doesn't come in fullness because there's that blinking now it doesn't mean that his light doesn't break through because his light does break through the darkness understand that wherever light is darkness can exist and the second that light is taken from it darkness fills the room so whenever god's light comes through it comes through but understand that for us today that there's a blanket of sin that that wraps around us so um i mean there's just so much we can talk about uh really there, there's there's a lot that we can talk about one of the main things that that i, I just want to say you know is would be psalms 19. uh in, in the psalm david is saying um and, and i'll read the scripture it says uh starting at verse one god's splendor is a tale that is told his testament is written in the stars space itself speaks his story every day through the marvels of the heavens his truth is on tour in the starry vaults of the sky showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship each day gushes out its message to the next night with night whispering its knowledge to all without a sound without a word without a voice being heard yet all the world can see its story everywhere its gospel is clearly read so all may know what a heavenly home God has set for the sun. Uh, what a shining in the superdome of the sky. See how he leaves his celestial chamber each morning, radiant as the bridegroom ready for his wedding, like a daybreaking champion eager to run his course. He rises on the on one horizon, compelling the circuit to one another. Right here. David was writing that the, the the testament, the the knowledge of God is that it's written in His creation. That all of His creation sings out to Him. That creation sings out and testifies of the existence of God. Um, that's just one one thing that I'll leave you with is that all of creation testifies and glorifies the existence of God. Um. Yeah. Once again, we're going to give the opportunity for if you, if you need prayer, um, if you need to talk, if you feel like you, 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 you don't want to share it on here or you don't want to, I don't know how to, how to put it. You feel like, you know what? I don't want to put my business on, on Facebook. I'm, uh, I'm typing it right now on how you can actually get a hold of me. Um, I'm available anytime. So, one second. I'm going to put that on there. If you need to get a hold of me, you can contact me. That's my cell phone number. That's my email address. Um, I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to, to, to lift you up. We're, we'll pray but 
here's a chance. Here's a chance that you can receive God. So maybe you can't contact me right now. Maybe you can't get hold of me. So let's just let's, let's pray right now. Let's pray that God reaches out over the airwaves and connects to you. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, maybe you, maybe you were, I don't know, maybe you were a, a, a Christian at one time and you feel like you left. Let's, let's try and bring you back. So right where you're at, just go ahead and close your eyes. I'm going to begin the prayer and then Michael will close it out. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus. I declare the power of the Holy Ghost over the airwaves. That everything that has been said is not of me, is not of Michael, uh, Pastor Michael, is not us, God. It is your glory, it is your power. So as we begin to pray, before we begin to open up the, the he heavenly realms, God, I ask you that you remove us from the equation. It is not about us. It is about you. It is the glory of God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is for the edification and the, and, and the testimony of the Holy Spirit right now. So we remove ourselves from this equation and we ask that God get all the glory. It is not something I said. It is not something we did. It is everything to do with the power of the Holy Spirit. For anybody who is watching right now, you're listening to me somehow, and you want to come back to God, I am praying that this prayer together, that you repeat after me, that you receive God. So I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that there are many who are going to hear this, and they're going to come back to the heart of worship. They're going to come back to God. They're going to receive Jesus right now. I declare that right now in Jesus' name. If that's you, if you feel like maybe you, you were a Christian or maybe you are someone who calls himself a Christian, but you feel like you're not living right, then I want you to repeat after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the lifestyle I've lived. Come into my heart and be Lord and Savior of my life. I turn my back on this world and I choose to follow you this day and every day after. Enter my heart and dwell there. God, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I ask you, God, prepare me for the day of your return. This day, I declare that Jesus died, that he rose, and he's now reigning in heaven. I accept you from this day forth in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Father God, I thank you 
for anybody who heard this and received you. I ask you, God, that these words, they're not just words. Let them be a seed planted in the hearts of many, that they receive you now, that the book of Revelation open up their eyes to the heavenly realms. As Pastor Michael begins to pray right now, God, I ask you that you anoint the words, the words he's about to speak over the lives of the people. In Jesus' name. Father, your word says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, uh, for this reason, the Son of God was revealed or was made manifest to destroy and undo the works of the devil. And we know that in Galatians chapter 5, it speaks of the fruits and the works of the flesh. It says sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addiction, wild parties, and other similar behaviors. Father, we thank you that you that you sent your son, that he would destroy the works of the devil, the works that were just listed. And Father, we thank you that your word says also in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you that the gift of eternal life, it is a gift from you. It is not a work of men. We thank you that it's not works because if it was works, none of us would be saved. But we thank mm. you that you are full of grace, love, and mercy, that you release yes. your gift of salvation unto all men. So, Father, we pray for all those who are receiving the gift of salvation, that you would begin to meet them in the rooms, that you would begin to speak to them, that you begin to sing over them, as your word says, that you would begin, Father, that you would release your Holy Spirit over them. And Father, we thank you for every person who does come into salvation. And Lord, we and we thank you that you forgive our sins when we admit them, and that you do not hold us, or that you do not have, that you don't hold on to them, but you cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. That you willingly choose to forgive our, to forget our sins. So Father, right now, we pray for every person in this live stream and we say that you would just have your way that you would speak and that you would tug on their hearts in the name of jesus we pray amen thank you for joining the crossway church sermons podcast if you are blessed by this message and would like to donate to our ministry visit our website www.crosswayaz.com and click give